Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, Monday Night Football, doubleheader, and I am not enamored with any of these quarterbacks. We've got Carolina hosting the Saints and the Steelers hosting the Browns. Yeah, really tough two games late, to be honest, because I'm not sold on the points. Realistically, there's one very chalky play that everyone's going to play in Nick Chubb. And you got another chalky play in Chris Olave. And realistically, they make the most sense. But everyone's going to play them. So you got to try to do something different. And I don't like the other plays. So this is where we have to start game theory-wise of approaching certain things. So... I'm going to conceptually talk about the two-gamer. I'll give some thoughts on approaching showdown as well. But, uh, yeah, just to kind of lead things off, you've got uh, New Orleans, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Carolina. Low total. Uh, You've got a total under 42 which is fair, uh, I, you know, this Carolina offense doesn't really move the ball. Bryce Young is only in the second NFL game, looks just every green as uh, suspected. You know, I'm just not expecting much out of this Carolina offense uh, against the Saints defense. The problem is Derek Carr looks washed. And, uh, you know, I know he can make certain throws because – Execution-wise, I see it. I, I see what he's doing with uh, using his eyes to trick defenders. But the problem is, is that I think it's about the 10, uh, 10 to 12 throws in between the few moments where you show some of uh, his abilities. I think that's where I'm a little concerned with Derek Carr, where I don't think his accuracy is where it used to be. Not that, you know he was ever this truly elite passer, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some of the signs that I would get on Matt Ryan about. I'm seeing it in Derek Carr, wherein the footwork in terms of trying to be more elusive, trying to uh, get the ball out there under duress. I'm seeing a lot of Matt Ryan and Derek Carr, and that's not a compliment. It's more of, I think he's going downhill, and Jameis Winston is right there. And we saw this with the Saints last year where they kept insisting on Andy Dalton. Yes, I know Jameis Winston doesn't have the best decision-making. Believe me, we all have been there with Jameis. The problem is, with your your offense, the way you're built, you kind of need to be able to move the ball down the field. And I'm starting to have... We're, we're in week two already. The The film on Derek Carr was not encouraging at all. But, be that as it may, he's still the quarterback for the time being. So, we're going to treat this as Saints heavily favored. Well, not heavily favored, but uh, 
considering that they're on the road, this is kind of a heavily favored spot where they're still at three and a half, given that I don't have a ton of confidence in their quarterback. I think this line is slightly wide, but it's not egregiously wide, mainly because uh, Bryce Young, for all intents and purposes, is the equivalent of a wet sock in the NFL right now. He's trying to learn on the fly and try to get comfortable with the offense. It it just looks like it's going to be a learning period for him to kind of get comfortable. And we've seen this happen with number one picks. Like, we saw this with Trevor Like, it, it takes, might take the full season for Bryce Young to actually start looking viable as a fantasy option. That's the crazy part about all of this. I, I don't know if Bryce Young can top 12 points in fantasy tonight. And that's kind of saying something, um, given that he can run the football. And even with that, I still don't know if he can top 12 points. So there's there's your there's your answer. It's like it's hard to kind of get a gauge as to what's truly going to be viable because you know again salary doesn't really matter on this slate. So this is more of a gauge theory approach as to how you think things might be able to play out. So we'll we'll talk about that uh, in terms of the roster construction, but not not necessarily feeling. Uh, this matchup with the Saints and the uh, Panthers. We'll move on um, to uh, the Browns-Steelers. And uh, Browns, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Again, Kenny Pickett, a lot of questions to answer because he had the rookie year, had a lot of hype coming into uh, the offseason. I, I thought it wasn't necessarily warranted, but be that as it may, he had a lot of hype. This is kind of a statement game. Can he move the offense? I don't think he can. I, I think the Steelers offense still is going to struggle moving the football with Kenny Pickett. Um, the run game with Najee Harris, uh, they're already mixing in Jalen Warren because they don't believe in Najee Harris. Uh, we, the Steelers got a lot of question marks. Uh, Mike Tomlin has his work cut out for him because I don't think he necessarily has the horses, but he still has the Steelers defense, and the Steelers defense just usually seems to have a number on the Browns. For whatever the situation may be, uh, the Steelers' defense does uh, have uh, the Browns' number. But we're going to see because, again, I'm not expecting a ton of offense, so I think we're going to have to try to figure out something uh, between the teams, like what makes the most sense uh, from a roster construction standpoint. So uh, stick around. We will be right back, and I will – get into where I, I'm thinking from a construction standpoint where we need to be at. So uh, be right back. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, we're back. I guess in terms of DFS, where I'm, my head's at is, you know, with limited options at best, I'm thinking in terms of let's go with the veteran QBs at the top. So we're building either with Deshaun Watson or Derek Carr. 
Don't love the options, but I'm not like the Panthers offense. As I said, I, I don't see Bryce Young scoring uh, more than 12 fantasy points. And frankly, I, you know, unless both of these games suck, I, I don't see how that's possibly winning a two gamer uh, unless something really wonky happened. So I would go with either Watson or Carr. Preference on Watson uh, versus Carr, though. But we have been in this row with Deshaun Watson, like, not showing up as a favorite in games that people expect him to win. I, I, I'm i just going to say that right now. It, it this This... This feels like a walk down a painful, painful road on uh, certain things, but uh, you know, I- I'm I'm just gonna lean towards uh, the aspect that uh, you know, as we kind of look at uh, certain items, you- you've just you have to like just gotta learn to live with it in, in a certain sense. So uh, where I'm at right now is Watson over Carr and kind of fade uh, Bryce Young and Kenny Pickett. I know people are going to play Pickett. I'm just not, I'm not seeing in out of Kenny Pickett. Uh, I can play some of the individual pieces on the Steelers. No Deontay Johnson tonight. Uh, he's on IR. Um, George Pickens uh, gets a boost, so I'm okay with Pickens uh, as a one-off. But I'm not feeling the Steelers' pieces outside of Pickens and maybe um, mix in a Jalen Warren uh, at the running back spot. I think, you know, in terms of the builds, there's another uh, decision point we can make, though. And so my whole talking point is if we know Chubb and Chris Olave are going to be the highest owned players on the slate, most likely, I think it, it kind of makes sense to set a rule. If you're only playing one or two lineups, like you're going to be covered uh, both ways if you play both of them. I think you got to set a rule to only play one of them. I'm not saying you can't play them if you're mass multi-entering and you're playing 20 lineups or more. But if you're only playing like three or four lineups, I don't think it makes a ton of sense playing both Chubb and Olave. Reason being is that, yes, I know the plays make a ton of sense. But if everyone's playing it, maybe you play for the bust on one of them and write it out. And instead, you could do a pivot to one of the other players. Like, you could pivot to uh, uh, Rashid Shahid on the Saints. You could pivot that maybe there's a vulture touchdown for uh, the Browns and uh, 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 Jeremiah Ford uh, gets uh, the nod instead. Like, they're, they're I, I'm Jer- uh, Jerome Ford. Um instead uh, correct that um gets uh, a vulture td and that's all it takes it's like i don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring i think it just kind of comes down to if you can get some of these pivots right maybe that's the way to go and then you got to find a dust ball that's going to work for uh carolina because you know uh, bryce young in that offense is not going to be able to throw it uh uh certain complex passing routes. I think you're going to have to find the dust ball that's going to catch like the short intermediate routes. Miles Sanders wasn't great at that in my opinion. I you know, I know you can build that way and I know that's what the projections are saying. I, I actually think that as much as I dislike him uh, 
at, at this point of for what he is as a receiver. I think Adam Thielen probably makes more sense than Miles Sanders as, and use that as your pivot for Carolina. The the projections are saying it's got to be Miles Sanders, and I get it because running back dump-offs are typically what rookie quarterbacks do. But I feel as though he's probably going to try to throw into the seam, and essentially uh, that's what Adam Thielen has uh, been devolving into is just like a slot receiver, uh, a, just a very slow slot receiver. Uh, but uh, be that as it may, uh, I, I think that's something to kind of bear in mind. So from my perspective, that's where I would kind of lean towards. I, I'm leaning towards maybe Thielen being the one off on the Carolina side. And then, you know, I already talked about Pickens. Uh, I think you can play Pickens all the time. And then uh, go with Jalen Warren. So that's kind of where I'm thinking from a player pool standpoint uh, from uh, the roster construction to go with uh, on this slate. Uh, Not a pretty slate by any means, but wish everyone luck. Uh, Hopefully we get some decent games tonight. I'm not entirely sold that we're going to get there, but it's not like it's improving that much either because we got the Giants on Thursday Night Football uh, playing the 49ers and... For everyone talking about Daniel Jones and that comeback, I want people to recall what I said about the game. I said, Arizona is trying to tank for the number one pick. If you didn't see that second half, and without the context of the first half, go go back and watch both halves. And you will see the Arizona coaching staff make a conscientious decision to do their best to tank that game. I'm not saying that the players stop playing hard. Players are always going to play hard. But watch the coaching decisions made in that second half, and you tell me if the Arizona coaching staff was serious about winning that game. They were, I'll be perfectly blunt, they were not serious about winning that game. So, yes, it's great that the Giants started uh, stopped feeling sorry for themselves and rallied to win the game. But they had quite a bit of help from the Arizona coaching staff because you can't look at that game. And honestly say that it was all on the Giants to make the comeback win when Arizona clearly throttled down what they were doing on offense and some of the defensive schemes. They they allowed, they they stopped spying on danger. Like, there were so many things. If you watch that second half versus what was called in the first half, you it's obvious what Arizona was doing. I, I, I'm sorry. I, like, I hate to be the person to burst the Giants fans' bubbles. It was clear what Arizona was doing. Now, do Giants fans care? No, they will take the win. But going into Thursday night, I, I think this is pretty much a whack spot where Kyle Shanahan's going to try to uh, test out a couple of different ideas and concepts that he has in mind for the game. So I think you could see a, 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 some wonky play calls for Juwan Jennings uh, during the course of that game. And things like that, but we'll cover the showdown slate for the Giants on uh, on Thursday night. But uh, that's all for now. Have a good one, folks. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets.